Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Very good afternoon to you. Welcome to the IPL show here on TalkSport 2. Each Monday we're here to take you through the week's events in one of the world's most glamorous and entertaining sporting events. I'm Andrew McKenna, with me the former England fast bowler Steve Harmison. Today we'll be hearing from the England and Rajasthan Royals bowler Tom Curran. Julian Wood will be joining us to talk about power hitting and of course we'll be reflecting on last week's stunning news about Dean Jones. It's the IPL show here on TalkSport 2. Number nine in this year's IPL, the Rajasthan Royals beating the Kings 11 Punjab by four wickets, 226 for six, plays 223 for two, but that barely uh, does it justice. It was a remarkable game of cricket. And strangely enough, Steve Harmison and I are going to be talking about that uh, quite a lot. Let's just give you an idea of where we actually are, though, because the table, as it stands today, we have three sides with 100% records. The Delhi Capitals and the Rajasthan Royals are both played to 1-2, they have four points, while the Sunrisers of Hyderabad have gone 100% in the other direction in play two, lost two. They're the only side without a win so far. The Kings 11 are third, Mumbai Indians fourth, the Knight Riders are fifth, the Super Kings are sixth, the RCB 
our seventh. Steve Harmison, a very good afternoon to you. Um, the IPL is just incredible. It, it keeps giving us things that we don't expect to see. But even by the IPL standards, yesterday's game was something else, wasn't it? It was, Maka. Yeah, good afternoon. It was it was phenomenal, to be honest. It, they do they, they do tend to bring these you know one or two of these games per per year where you just think yeah this is just not this not fair on bowlers. It's just not fair on bowlers anymore. <laughs> two hundred say over two hundred and twenty both both teams. Fantastic game of cricket. Um, and listening to the commentary during that second innings. They were. <laughs> I can't believe I can't believe he got he got 53 off 31 balls because I think after he had faced he had five off 12 balls to Artie he had five off 12 balls 14 off 22 balls in the likes of Michael Slater Kevin Peterson uh, Pommy and Bangwa they were asking him to retire at the, at the drinks break they were saying oh they've just got a, a strategic timeout we're going to have to have a strategic substitute they've got to retire him and then all of a sudden he's gone crash bang wallop poor Sheldon Cottrell I have to say some of the bowling in that in that actually some of the bowling at death in this tournament so far nine games has been uh, has been pretty poor but out of the out of the five sixes that um Tawati hit um I would say four of them were in a slot and one of them four were actually the one he missed as well it was in the slot and he just he tried to hit it too hard so it was a fantastic game it was a great run chase highest in IPL history and like you said Maka this IPL competition just keeps on giving it's a perfect time actually uh, in about 10 minutes or so uh, Julian Wood who's a batting consultant and mm. essentially he he goes in and helps teams uh, with range hitting with six hitting so it's gonna be brilliant to talk to him because we are seeing so many sixes hit but I just wonder if part of this uh, and, and I don't mean to, to be rude to it but I think that's a charger factor in this year's tournament in the fact that some of those sixes were measured at what 67 yeah. 68 meters uh, if that game is being played in dubai that's being caught 10 yards in from the boundary rope mm. and i just wonder we, we often see games i mean you'll have seen numerous of these down the years team batting first puts 220 on the board what happens is the team batting second has to, from very the ball one, go out and thrash. And it often happens you get a team 30 for three and game's all over. And they get rolled out for 130. And then your net run rate takes a big pounding. I wonder if we might get a few of those as this tournament goes on. And therefore the teams that play at Sharjah could see the net run rate have a, a maybe a bigger discrepancy than maybe some of the games in Abu Dhabi in Dubai just because of, of the nature of the venue. Absolutely, and I think Mahindra Singh Dhoni and Stephen Fleming are already saying that. I think what did MSC, MSC, I think where, uh, I think it was, was it Fleming said, there were guinea pigs because of played at, at the sort of the two different, other, the played in all the venues. So, uh, I, I don't know. I think it's just... You, you know you're going to go to Sharjah. The boundaries are small. Ball's going to come onto the bat. There's going to be bigger scores. You have to just adapt. Professional sportsmen now and professional you know, all round in any sport adapt very, very well. That's why they're the, that's why they're the best of, of the best. And that's why they play in the IPL because they do adapt. They do, you know, have a game plan for probably for Sharjah. They'll have a different game plan for Dubai and have a different game plan for Abu Dhabi. That's the nature of what the IPL is. The new long time ago, you know, even though they had their own squads um, picked for probably the for the stadiums that they were playing in, in India, but even that, there's been, there's been a long time and long planning into what is a three-venue three, three venue tournament um, and the game plans will be, will be set out. I just think a lot of it come you, you can talk about the batting and the power hitting. I just think I wonder if the bowling is suffering because of not much cricket has been played and not many bowlers are in the rhythm of, of letting the ball go at this optimum speed. But also what I'm finding is, I'm seeing is the death bowling. You talk about range hitting, but you talk about death bowling, hitting that white line, slower balls in the right area. Um, and that just hasn't been there. And I wonder if that is because there's been a lack of match practice or players not playing around the world. How do you feel if you're Mayank Agarwal today, by the oh, way? Oh, oh. 106 from 50 balls, 10 fours, 7 sixes. That's a strike rate of 212. Tournament overall, uh, he's made 221 runs in three matches. But he's finished on the losing side. 
Yeah. Hey, Josh, he got 89 against Delhi as well in, I think, game four. So this kid's in, he's in some nick. And he, uh, he, I thought he batted brilliantly against Delhi because if you remember last weekend, we talked about it. He didn't, he didn't go off crash bang wallop. He knew that the wicket was going to be uh, very difficult for the new ball. He held his side together and managed to get his team over the line last week. But in this game, he, uh, he went from virtually ball one and it was a fantastic hundred. And nobody's mentioned him, to be fair. They haven't really getting getting a mention on the TV or you know his name's not up in lights because of you know the the fantastic run chased by the Rajasthan Royals. Yes, indeed, it certainly was. Um, the Delhi Capitals. Um, I'll be honest with you, I, I'm I'm surprised that they're up to their play two one two because I mean I go back having watched their first game. I mean, they, they, uh, and we said this at the start of last week's show. They were absolutely rubbish at the start of, the, of their opener, yet they managed to win it on a super over. And there they are, proudly top of the standings with two out of two and, and the best net run rate of the, of the competition so far. And um, they've been, well, a pleasant surprise, really. They have, yeah. I, I, I thought last week, when I, I said last on the last week's show, these are going to get a massive score one week and get bowled out for 50 the next week. It just seems that they've got, I think they've got a great balance between sort of youth and experience. I think that overseas players have got, you know, a, 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 they just look as though they've got a very, very young, vibrant, exciting side with the, with the exception of, of probably Shikha Darwan and, and, and Mishra who have been around a while. The rest of them are very, very young players, pretty sure. Rishad Pant, Sherish Ira, very, very good young Indian players, along with Marcus Stoinis, who, again, you know, he, he didn't he didn't feature too much in in the in the recent game. Um, he didn't uh, he didn't manage to get a bowl, but they're knocked over the Super Kings. Their experience side, well, actually, it was again it was youth against experience, um, and I think what we're finding out is, you know, the the young sides are probably benefit from not having a crowd and not having the pressure of playing in the in the big stadiums in India and in the goldfish bowl that you've got. So they're expressing themselves and that's what I like about this Delhi side. I think this Delhi side could go all the way because they've got two fantastic bowling options in overseas in Onrik Nokia um, and Kagisa Rabada. And you know, Rabada is for me arguably probably up there with the likes of Joffre Archer and one of the best white ball bowlers in the world at the moment. You, you have to sense as well, just from a political, and I use that with a small p, um, <laughs> point of view, that Delhi as a city needs their IPL franchise to be there because it has been Mumbai for a while. It's been Bangalore. Um, the, the big, big, and I mean world cities, somewhere like Delhi, it, it really needs its side to, to properly come to the party again, doesn't it? It does, absolutely. And the, the change of coach, you know, they brought Ricky Ponting in um, and they've, 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 they've had a, a conscious effort at going with youth. So, like I mentioned, a good young side. And when you are in India, and India's a wonderful place, Maka, it's fantastic. The excitement around it, the Indian cricket, the way it's played and you know, how... how you, unless you've been to India, I don't think people listening from from this you know, from this country can really appreciate what it's like to be a cricketer in 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 India or Pakistan or, or Sri Lanka, and it's such a goldfish bowl that they live in. And Delhi is a massive city, and they've been in the doldrums for a while now. And you know, I, I agree. I think it it is time that Delhi does have a a serious go at this IPL, um, and I think their selection so far. Um, have been pretty, pretty good. And like, like I mentioned before, without the pressure of the crowd, you know, the, the goldfish bowl atmosphere, maybe these young players can really, really sort of shine and come to the fore. And like I said before, pretty sure Pant, Ira, Darwan, their top four is exciting, is, 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 is ex exciting as, uh, as there is. And we've seen in the first game what Marcus Stoinis can do. Um, I think these have got a, a pretty well-balanced side. Absolutely. Don't forget, between now and the end of the show, we'll be hearing from uh, Tom Curran. Uh, he spoke with us uh, a couple of days ago. Uh, we'll also be uh, picking and looking at the uh, English players in the tournament so far. Hami and I will be uh, picking out some of our uh, stars. But we'll, we were mentioned, we've hey, seen and heard so many sixes in the first week of the tournament. So we're going to be talking to a power-hitting consultant next. Julian Wood is a former county cricketer who now goes in and works with the counties on range hitting. He'll be joining us next here on TalkSport 2. 
Has he got enough of it? He has. That's a great start to the over. That one's gone as well. Two in a row. It's gone down the ground. Is it six more? the IPL show here on TalkSport 2. Rahul Tawasia yesterday for the Rajasthan Royals hitting 53 from 31 balls with seven maximums. It was a great innings in anyone's books anyway but it was made more impressive by the fact that he could barely get the ball off of the square in the first part of his innings and yet he somehow managed to click into gear and get himself going as Steve Harmison's already mentioned the commentary team uh, on the TV were, were talking about him strategically retiring himself to uh, give the team a better chance of winning at one stage yet he managed to flick the switch and somehow started hitting them cleanly well I say somehow started hitting them cleanly there's probably a great deal more science to it than that and I'm delighted to say a man who knows all about hitting long balls is the former Hampshire player uh, that is uh, Julian Wood because he is a batting consultant and works with teams about hitting range balls Julian thank you so much for for joining us on the the IPL show, we are seeing loads and loads of sixes being hit in this year's IPL, uh, and we're, we're used to seeing sixes hit in the IPL. But it feels like we're hit, we're we're getting more. Why is that? You think this year? Is there anything that you've noticed that are people doing anything differently? I think that um, the game's gone to a new level. If we look at um, the batting side of it. And the fielding side of it, I think that uh, during this IPL, it's just been magnified. Um, I think the key thing is players, they fear situations. Um, they tend to react to the situation instead of think about them. Uh, the pros now, they do it naturally. Um, they're not doing it because that's what they, they were taught to do. They do it because they are basically left free by the coaches. So any young, any coaches out there, or any with the young players, you know, let you players play with freedom, but just shake that freedom. But I think the big difference is they just don't fear any situation whatsoever. So, okay, what is the checklist for being able to hit a long ball? What are, if you like, the one, two, three, the keys to being able to to to, to hit long? Okay, first you've got to want to hit the ball hard. Um, uh, have that get rid of that fear of of, of getting out. Don't putting a price on your wicket. Guys don't put a price on their wickets. That's why they have the freedom to do it. So your checklist would be, you've got to want to hit the ball hard. Um, bat speed is crucial. You need good bat speed. It's about getting positions. If you get into the right positions, if you look at the positions, like at the top, so the first in the power play, they play strong cricket shots. Right? These guys are very, very good batters. They play strong cricket shots. And then as the innings goes on, then the power hitters come in. And what they tend to do then is they get across to off stump, um, they open the back foot slightly, and so they get good, clear access to the ball, and then they can open up both sides of the wicket um, and dominate either in the air or on the ground. Julian, are we seeing... I, I mentioned earlier, you, you probably weren't... If you weren't listening, you, you wouldn't have heard, but uh, we were looking at from a bowling point of view, there being not much cricket being played so far in the... In, around the world um do you think that's helping the, the the hitting because i watched yesterday and as a bowler i'm thinking that's in the slot that is in the slot there's about four yeah. or five of them sixes that Tawati hit yesterday the one he actually missed was even more in the slot so do you think the bowlers are suffering from not as much and the batters have got confidence of not having the pressure of the crowd being in there um possibly yeah it's a shame the crowd aren't in because the levels now are through the roof yeah. It's a shame people can't actually witness this. Um, I think it's easier to go into bat um, with a. Free, I'm, I was a batter, so I wasn't a bowler, but I think it's easier to go into bat with a free mind than than bowl. If you look at the bowlers now, the same, the quick bowlers, you know, if they're going at ten and over, less than tens, they've done well. I think the spinners have been the spinners have done a bit better, but I don't think the spinners. Some of the spinners aren't that good. But because you, you know, you know what it's like when you play pace and, and, and good pace, you know, you sort of see the ball and you react to it. 
And that's why I think the spinners have done better, slightly better, because you've got to add pace to the ball. But with, I don't think the bowlers have probably suffered from lack of bowling, like you said, and lack of competitive bowling. Um, whereas the batters, I think it's easier to go out and just react to the situation. Gillian, can I ask you about Jofra Archer? He's yeah. hit six sixes in just 11 balls faced. Now, uh, it, it has been phenomenal, but he looks a totally different player to the one that we've seen for England over the summer. Is that maybe just the, the relaxation in his mind in the fact that he might be thinking, well, look, if I'm batting at number seven in a T20 game and then I'm getting in, we're probably in trouble anyway because we've lost that many wickets. I can just go out and have that freedom. Yeah. He looks like, it, it, this is, it sounds like a, a strange thing to say, his limbs look looser in, in the fact yeah. that maybe there's not as much tension in his body. Does that maybe yeah. help him out in what he's doing? And is that another of those sort of keys to, to hitting long? Yeah, it's uh, you, the, when you hit the ball, the best is when you, you're trying to create, um, you're trying to create um, hand speed, but it's not actual force hand speed. He's a very laid back guy, anyway. I think the franchise setup suits him, suits who he is, um, suits his character. Um, you know, and if he, when he goes into bat, there, you know, it's like whatever you do, do it quickly, right? If you're going to get out, get out in one ball face one ball or just keep going and going as much as you can and he's obviously you know he's obviously his confidence is good he's not again he's not fearing any situation he's just going out there and playing but i think that with him i think the franchise the laid-back franchise approach um is suits him more than maybe the international approach it depends who you've got around you as well the, the coaching staff and players you've got around you so maybe that's an issue there, but I don't know. But he, whatever he's doing, it's working. And, and Joe, I, I agree with that. I think the, I think he is a lot more relaxed. I don't think there's as much scrutiny on him. I think because yeah. of the because of the franchise style that he is not the big fish, then yeah. everybody's looking at him. And that's important, I think, when you when you when you talk about Julian, when you talk about hitting the ball and you're having that sort of clear mind in that in that clear goal and game plan of, of just going out there and trying to hit it as far as they can. We what I find sometimes when I, you talk to young batsmen, they've got 45 different things in their mind and the, the feel as though yeah. they've got to hit it. They've got to hit three, 360. Yeah. But when you're coaching a, a player, do you look at players, maybe it's not, a, not so much a weakness, but an area that he can't hit and try and prove? Or do you just go, right, your, your area is hit the ball, is strong in that area. Just keep trying to hit it that way. Um, you would, okay, you would, you're obviously trying to improve them. So you're mm. trying to expand their game. So you would look where they're good and you would try and make their hitting zone. So I would try and expand that area. I would try and expand that hitting zone. So if they're hitting like to, um, to say, square leg um, to mid-wicket, say, that's their area. I would try and make that from skull behind. I would try and make it from behind square to mid-on, say. So by, it's all about the positions you get into. But I think with young players, you know, the body follows your, your internal self-talk. Right, so if you're talking yourself, you know, and your mind does talk to you. So it's almost the key thing for me is to play with feel rather than play with your mind when it gets to that, when you're looking to strike the ball. Because, you know, you know what it's like. Your body can, your mind can talk to you and your mind sends you messages. And so when you have that, then you become stiff. But you give them a freedom, uh, but it's within, the, within their fundamental skills. Julian, can I just finally ask you about this? Simon Dool in the commentary yesterday was was talking about, particularly at the start of Tuatia's innings, and he was saying when he was on when he was going so slow, he said, "You can't get these balls back." He he said people use the phrase they can make up the runs at the back end of the innings. He said, "Yes, you can get your scoring rate up, but you can't get those balls back from earlier in the innings." As a, as a guy who's coaching people to to score quickly. Do, do you agree with what Simon is saying in, in the fact that, yes, you, you might be getting your scoring rate up towards the end, but actually you're missing out on balls earlier in the innings? Or if you end up with a scoring rate of, what, 275 or maybe even 300, then actually yeah. you, you've more than got it back? Yeah, I agree with, with that, like what you've just said at the end there. I think you're not going to, you know, if you face 30 balls, right, in a, in a T20, if you face 30 balls, you're not going to hit. 27 sixes. It doesn't happen. You don't hit 27 balls. So if these guys are facing 30 balls and they're hitting seven sixes, 
they've still got 23 balls that they've got to, to score off. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados. Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. So you still have to get your ones, your twos, you know, you know your, your fours. So you're not going to stand there and smash every ball for six. But the way this, the game's going now with these guys, they are, if the bowlers aren't nailing their skill, they are jumping on that massively. And they are hitting their, they are getting their maximum reward for that. But I would definitely say you've got to give yourself a bit of time because you will make it up. You will. And in the end, he did it and he won in the game. So he did it, everything right. Julian, thank you so much for joining us here on the IPL show on TalkSport 2 this afternoon. Uh, batting consultant Julian Wood um, with his thoughts on, on hitting the long ball. It's such an important part in the game. It's not a bad job to have that power hitting consultant, bearing in mind the way that uh, cricket is going at the moment. It is the IPL show here on TalkSport 2. He's Steve Harmison. I'm Andrew McKenna. We're with you for another half an hour or so. We'll be hearing from Tom Curran before the uh, end of the show. He's been speaking with our reporter Scott Taylor. And we'll also be uh, looking at the performances of the English players in this year's tournament so far. We've touched on a couple of them. Uh, we'll get into them in more depth next here on TalkSport 2. with the new ball and that is daft Sam you're a boy with a lot going for you but not at that particular moment <laughs> oh, our old mate Mark Nicholas uh, he couldn't have uh... Uh, been more polite about the whole thing. Uh, yeah, that was picking up the ball and flinging it for four overthrows. Yeah. Um, these things happen, though, don't they, Harvey? He's got a wonderful way of words, Mark. <laughs> it's brilliant. I love listening to Nico. He's absolutely fantastic. He's, 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 his commentary for, for the the big moments are, are fantastic. And he was right. Sam was, uh, it wasn't one of his best moments. And he's actually done really well, I think, in this tournament so far, in his side, who have struggled. 
Well, I'll tell you what, let's hear Sam talking about why he joined the Chennai Super Kings in this year's IPL. When I came over to, to the IPL this year, I was obviously very excited to play under MS. Um, obviously, the last couple of games, he's given me a bit of a responsibility to go up there. And, um, yeah, I'm just happy playing in the side and trying to contribute with both bat and ball. And taken. Athletic. He's still got it. What an over he's bowled, Sam Curran. Yeah, I think it's obviously a new team for me, and obviously it speaks for itself. The experience in the team is obviously unbelievable. Stephen Fleming as the head coach gives you that freedom to go out there and do what you do best, and um, there's not too much pressure you put on yourselves. And, um, yeah, love a new, loving the new challenge and loving the new franchise. This could be great for Sam Curran, couldn't it, Harmy? Because if we think back for the last 18 months or so, a lot of times he's found himself as the, the 12th player yeah. in the England 11 in the fact that they want him in there, but they just couldn't find a way to get him in. When he comes in and plays, invariably, he does well, but he's, he, he seems to find himself as, ah, oh, well, OK, he's, he's the one that we have to make room to, to get someone else in. Yeah, he's a little bit of a victim of his own, his, his natural ability where you, you can't really define him as one or the other. Is is he a batsman who bowls or is he a bowler who bats? Very good fielder, um, great enthusiasm for the game. And then I, I, I agree with you. They said there, Maka, I get to a bit of paper and try and put 11 names on it. And I get Sam in early in my, in my team and then find myself scribbling his name out, putting it back in again, and then trying to work out how I'm going to keep him in the team. And I end up getting him at number 12 every time. And I feel sorry for him, like, because of that. I think he will come to the fore when Broad and Anderson go. I think because the way Broad and Anderson are and you know, the, the pace that the bowl at, You've got to have Broad and Anderson in English conditions. So another bowler at 78, 80 mile an hour, you don't really, you can't really find him a, a place for him in the side. So once the two older guys, you know, retire and move on, then I think there might be a place for a Sam Curran to work alongside a, a Wood and a, an Archer, a Wokes in the Test team. Um, in the one day side, he's a very, very good cricketer, and it's difficult to get in a very, very good team. Because you know he's got his brother for uh, for competition. England just win the World Cup. The move plunk it on. But you know Tom Curran took over. Chris Jordan's done well. David Willey's there as well. So that that one day white ball side from England is a very difficult team to get in. And when you do get in, you've got to perform well. And the lads are performing well in front of them. So you're just gonna have to bide his time on that front. But I, I've said this many, many times, Macca, about these good young England players. We have to get in the IPL. We have to get in the IPL for exactly what Sam Curran's just said there. I came over and to work and look forward to playing with MS. MS Dhoni, one of the greats of the game, is in a change room with Sam Curran. If he doesn't learn anything off that, he'll never learn off anybody. And that, for me, is why it's brilliant for not just Sam Curran, but for Tom, for you know the likes of Mo and Ali, Chris Jordan, even Owen Morgan, who's a fantastic captain, to play in this environment. Joss Butler, Johnny Bairstow, I think it's absolutely fantastic. And, and yeah, good on Sam. I hope his years are pricked up every time Emma speaks because you know, there's little gems he could be picking up and making them better when he comes back to play for England. Uh, well, uh, let's look at some of the others. Uh, Owen Morgan, a uh, nice little 42 not out the other day as the KKR uh, got a victory against the uh, the Sunrisers. That game in uh, in Abu Dhabi, 42 from 29 for Owen Morgan, three fours and two sixes. You know exactly what you're getting with Owen, don't you? In, in many respects, it was a bit of a shame that the total was only uh, the target was one four three because he might have fancied what another 10 or 12 balls which were available in the innings to uh, to go on and make 50 um, and maybe a, even a little bit more than that. He did. He looked. He looked good. He looked comfortable. And you can't always say that about Old Morgan in the IPL. You know, he's had his he's had his tough times. He's had his times when he hasn't been in the side. He's now England. He's his World Cup winning captain. You know, he's got that status of you know the. And I think he's also got a bit of form behind him as well. I think he's he's benefited from the games in lockdown and the stadium when the stadiums were didn't have any fans in. I think he's thrived and I think he's took his form to the IPL and, and good on him. I hope he does have a really, really good IPL because if anybody deserves it for what he's done for English cricket over the last two years, I think um, hopefully 
a little bit of selfishness now from Owen's point of view to go and really hit the you know hit the, the world by storm with the IPL and and get himself another couple of contracts in the IPL and you know, he's, he's been off to a good start 16 off 20 balls in the first game and 42 off 29 in the second game he looks in, in good touch bit of a mixed bag for Johnny Bairstow and the uh, the Sunrisers. Uh, of course, last Monday, they were taking on uh, the RCB. RCB made 163 for five. And uh, when the Sunrisers were 121 for two in the 16th over, with Johnny Bairstow 61 not out, they looked like they were going to absolutely cruise that. But Johnny has a, well, let's be, let's be kind to him. Let's call it a hack mm. at um, Chahal. Uh, loses his stumps, goes 61 from 43. So that was 121 for three. And in the blink of an eye, 153 all out. Mm. Four overs uh, and two ball. I, I mean, I'm not picking on Johnny because the phrase that we always hear in cricket is, if you're the man who's in, you see it home. And I've got a funny feeling there might have been a few comments and, and a few questions asked in the dressing room uh, of Johnny after that one. Yeah, it was a little bit of a, you know, a brainwave, which I, I couldn't believe he, you know, what happened. Um, I didn't see that coming because he wasn't really getting pressure. Run rate was manageable. It didn't look as though he was in... He looked as though he's in very, very good touch. Um, and then all of a sudden he's had a... Uh, a bit like what Julian said there a little bit earlier when uh, you know, not having a free mind and potentially thinking, right, I'm going to finish this game with two or three overs to spare and going to walk off and all of a sudden he, he maybe got a bit ahead of himself and you know, the little Spanish waiter on his shoulders telling him things that he probably didn't need to hear and all of a sudden he's had a hack and he's cost, he hasn't cost his team the, the game because his team cost him the game because they didn't, they didn't see the game out and had a Shahar ball very very well but it's it's going to be interesting it, it, it's an interesting franchise that one for the simple fact is they've got Billy Stanley who I think they need to play big tall fast bowler they've got two overseas spinners which they, they, they want to play and they want to pick and they've got Kane Williamson on the sideline one of the best white ball cricketers out there so um, Johnny needs to score runs because if he doesn't, he'll find himself out of the team because Kane will be, you know, breathing down his neck. And yeah, the other person is David Warner, who's going to play because he's captain. So I think it's a it's a strange franchise that. And now they're getting off to a bad start, two losses. Uh, it could be a long tournament for them. Uh, obviously, Mo and Ali hasn't featured yet for the uh, the RCB. Uh, they are this afternoon's game against the Mumbai Indians. He could feature in that. We'll see. Um, time to talk about performance of the uh, the week, though. And we spoke earlier about the, the the Rajasthan Kings eleven game, but we didn't touch on what was one of the most incredible things I've ever seen on a cricket field, and that was Nicholas Puran's incredible save on the boundary. Well, actually, it was over the boundary. Mm. Actually, I'm going to amend that. It was well over the boundary when he did it. What an incredible piece of fielding um, you know when they brought the IPL in uh, and T20 cricket all those years ago it was going to be a bit of fun it was hit and giggle absolute codswallop it has taken the game to whole new levels and when you see that footage going around the world on social media that is what people see and that is what people realise the standard of, of international T20 cricket is now it was yeah and the guy who was applauding him, standing up and applauding him, and uh, Mr. Johnny Rhodes, one of probably up there. I still think Paul Collingwood's the best fielder I've ever seen play, play the game of cricket. But Johnny wasn't too wasn't wasn't too bad either, and he's fielding coach. And again, you've mentioned what what's improved. Not only improved the IPL, what I think improved English cricketers by going and playing there. It's improved the Indian cricket team as well, and. You, know, you look at in the way Indian batsmen play fast bowling now compared to 20 or 15 years ago. The way the Indian cricketers field now is phenomenal. And that's because of other countries' players, best players all playing together. And again, Nicholas Puran, what a save that was. He, he literally was. He was in mid-air. And his whole body was over the line, um, and he's managed to he's managed to save his team some runs. So, I think it just like I said before, right at the start of the show, this IPL just keeps on giving. Having said that, 
You know, if we were being really picky, maybe you should have been able to flick it back to Glenn Maxwell and complete <laughs> the catch. I mean, Samju Sampson went on to get 85 from 42 and help with the, win the side. And, you know, Glenn Maxwell had to go and retrieve that ball. You know, it went from being a dot and a wicket to being, well, a couple of runs. No, no, I'm joking. I'm absolutely <laughs> I if, joking. I wonder if our friend, the statistician, Jared Kimball, will put that, <laughs> put that down to a chance, a drop chance. <laughs> <laughs> he probably would. Yeah. Yes, you're absolutely right. Uh, yeah, that was just... Just unbelievable stuff. And you've got to remember as well, actually, Nicholas Puran at times is a wicketkeeper. So, um, yes, he, he doesn't do it all the time, but he spends a decent amount of time practising that. I wonder how much time he actually gets to practise those kind of things uh, and does it. Absolutely But, but Maka, how many wicketkeepers around the world now oh, yeah. are unbelievable fielders? You see Johnny Bairstow out in the field, Sam Billings out in the field. You know, there's some unbelievable athletes out there now not just keep wicket but they can go out there and field and well as well and that's what Puran <laughs> still is amazing the, the picture it was a bit like Andrew Strauss's catch at Trent Bridge yes. in 2005 he's in mid-air off the floor horizontal um, and managed to get that one back was uh, yeah a special bit of fielding it's the IPL show here on TalkSport 2. Steve Harmison and myself, Andrew McKenna. We've got another 15 minutes or so with you. Uh, don't forget, we'll keep you up to date with this afternoon's action in the uh, IPL, as we will with uh, all the games uh, taking place. But we'll also be hearing from the England and Rajasthan Royals all-rounder Tom Curran next here on TalkSport 2. Two from two for a super over. Here comes Tom Curran, balls to Pretorius. And that's right up in the block hole. And it's brilliant. Here comes Tom Curran, last ball of the game. And it's paddle swept and down towards short fine leg. He needs that situation, Tom. But he lives for that situation. He wants to be the man. He wants that ball. Curran in. That's sliced up into the air. There's two men underneath it. One of them will take it. It's Ben Stokes, of course. It's the IPL show here on TalkSport 2. Uh, those uh, commentary clips, of course, all involved. Tom Curran, the England all-rounder, is with the Rajasthan Royals during this IPL. And he's been speaking with our reporter, Scott Taylor. Tom, I just want to touch on something that Nick said about about the Big Bash. Now, Joffre was saying he's probably unlikely to, to play in the Big Bash because he, he just can't do another bubble. So just how mentally tough is it for you guys to, to just be locked away in a bubble... You're going from one bubble in England to another bubble out here in the UAE. Just how tough is it for you? Yeah, it it is it is tough. It is it's it's different and it's it's strange. Um, I think obviously Joffre's had it a, a bit longer than I have with the test stuff, which I think the tests were probably uh, probably harder really because you sort of you know you in in your room for the evening at the ground the whole day back for dinner and it's all of a sudden you're back at the ground again. So I think that will probably took a lot of the test boys, but um, yeah, it is hard. But like I said, you know, you sort of, at the same time, you it's strange times and it's hard for everyone. It's a, just a crazy, crazy time in the world at the minute. So yeah, it's about just trying to find little things to, you know, keep you busy and yeah, just take these opportunities, really. I mean, we're out here in Dubai, this, you know, it's beautiful weather, so it, it, it could be worse. But yeah, the thought of, yeah, I guess, I mean, I don't know, there's obviously the South Africa tour and then Big Bash after that. It's, it is a lot, of, a lot of cricket and a lot of bubbles. Um, yeah, but it's just about managing and taking, you know, one day at a time and uh, just trying to make, make the best out of all these situations that we're given. I was reading recently where you spoke about determination to prove a point after playing for KKR in 2018. I was just wondering how much did that experience with KKR put you in good stead for, for Rajasthan in 2020? Yeah, I mean, that was, that was a couple of years ago now, and obviously it didn't, it didn't go as well as I would have liked. But, um, yeah, I think, you know, all the experiences that we go through as players, you know, when you look back on them and, you know, you, you, I don't know if there's moments in games or whatever it is, I think that'll, you know, develop and how what's all contributing to you know where you where you are currently as a player moving forward. So um, yeah, I definitely learned a lot about myself there. But at the same time, you know, it's been a good couple of years where I've played a fair bit of cricket in between that um, and developed as a player. So um, yeah, I think as a whole, it's definitely contributed to where I am um, currently, mentally and physically. And um, yeah, like I said, I'll be I'll be trying to trying to put a few of those bad performances right this this tournament. 
And Owen Morgan was speaking after the T20 series against Australia and praising your, your leadership qualities and yourself and Chris Jordan. Now, despite only being 25, do you see yourself as one of the key guys, one of the experienced guys in this white ball side? Um, I wouldn't say I'm, you know, one of the one of the more experienced guys just yet, but yeah, that's, I mean that's obviously good to hear from Morgs. But you know, like I've, I've spoken a lot with CJ, and you know, we speak and help each other a lot out, you know, out not only out in the field but in training. And yeah, I just feel like you know, I think nowadays as a bowler, I think you got to accept that there are going to be a lot of days where you go for runs. Um, sometimes you can bowl well and still go for runs, you know. So I think it's about having that a bit more of an understanding, um, you know, especially where CJ and I bowl, you know, the back end of the power play, sometimes it can be better set and they're coming for you, whether it's stick or twist. And on good wickets, you, you, you're going to go for runs. So I think that's that's one thing that we've, we've speak quite a lot about and almost concentrating on that next ball, you know, you can go six, even if it goes again, you know, it's, just, it's limiting those big, big overs and trying to keep those down because, you know, the margins in T20 cricket, you know, back end of the games, it's, um, you know, everyone's crucial. So I think in that respect, you know, we've helped each other out a lot and we're continuing to develop as players. But, um, yeah, like I said, all the all these tournaments and, um, you know, teams and everything, it's, um, yeah, I'm just looking to improve so that, yeah, come, come those World Cups and, um, you know, working towards trying to be one of the first bowlers on the team sheet. And uh, Chris Silverwood was speaking after the series as well and said he's looking at the idea of bringing in different coaches for the England setup. Now, you're working with Andrew McDonald uh, for Rajasthan. How much of a benefit is it for you that you get to work with sort of different coaches and different cultures? Are you a type of person that likes having just the one coach to work on your game? No, absolutely. You know, it's... I think it's one of one of the challenges as a player now, you know, when you're sort of going constantly from one team or one tournament, one series to the next, you know, you're not necessarily making massive technical changes. You don't really have the time and to be making big technical changes. So it's more about sort of, you know, bouncing ideas off different people, whether that be players or coaches. Um, and, you know, being able to filter that information, you know, you can't take it all on, you can't, um, you know, try everything everyone says. So it's about, you know, having the ability to, you know, filter information, try this, if it works, stick with it. If it doesn't, park it and move on to the next thing. So it's about, you know, yeah, I think that's a huge advantage of, you know, playing in so many different leagues and or teams and, you know, mixing with the best in the world from different countries is that you can, you know, talk to these guys and, and you know, think, you know, bounce ideas off them and understand, you know, their ways of thinking and, you know, their tactics um, to help develop our games. And, um, yeah, so it's just about, like I said, yeah, filtering that and, uh, yeah, trying to use everyone's different knowledge to, to as best you can. Tom Curran speaking with our reporter, Scott Taylor. Boy, he speaks well, doesn't he, Steve Harmison? And the thing I picked up in that was uh, when he was talking about, well, if the first one disappears for six, you've got to sort of keep a clear mind and come back, and you've got to, you've got to sort of say, OK, that can happen, but I'm making sure that the next one doesn't. Yeah, absolutely, and he, he does speak very, very well. Um, I think he's getting better with experience, and he's somebody I think, I think Tom's benefited from... You know the, the tragic things that's been happening for Ben Stokes at this moment in time, with um, his dad being poorly and Ben not being there. I think Tom is the one that's benefited because he's probably found himself in the team when when the auction came about. He's, Tom Curran's probably been a, a backup for uh, a backup bowler stroke all rounder in there, and he probably wouldn't have played if Ben Stokes was there. So. Um, Fingers crossed he, he can make the most of it. But again, we talked earlier about, to Julian about how the batters have got less in the mind and go with freedom. And I think that's what Tom does brilliantly at the death, that he got a game plan and he sticks to his game plan. And if the first ball doesn't land where it should do and it goes out of the park, he knows he, he knows he backs his skills to, to execute for his second ball, then his third ball and for his fourth ball. And I think that's what, I think that's one of his biggest characteristics is that yeah, his game plan and he sticks to it and he, he does it very, very well. Harmi, you mentioned there that there's been some bad stuff going off off the field at the moment and of course the IPL indeed the cricket world was rocked last mm. week with the announcement that Dean Jones had died while in India covering the tournament. Our own Darren Goff um, gave his reaction to drive time last week. 
I was just watching a video of him yesterday because I'm good friends with a guy who's over there, really close to him, Scott Styris, New Zealander, great bloke, Scott Styris. And he's gutted. He texted me um, today and they were there working with him uh, when it all happened. And he was talking about, um, he's just pre- he, he just can't believe it. And he put a video up yesterday taking the mickey out of Dean Jones because every minute of every day he talks about cricket. You, he, 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 whether he's taking a mickey out of himself or taking a mickey out of someone else and he had this audience and Styris was uh, videoing him and he had his Indian outfit on which they wear for uh, Star Sports over there and he was showing them and explaining how Shane Warne bowls a flipper and they had this audience of some of the uh, ladies and gentlemen who work for Star Sports uh, he had loads of them over there and he was there bowling it to them and Styris said Dino Shut up. <laughs> and he just never knew how to shut up because he was always talking about cricket and, and trying to teach people that, that there's some of the great arts of cricket. Um, and he'll be sadly missed. He will indeed. Harmy, it's just, just an incredible and such a sad story. It is such a sad story. And from somebody who come from Durham County Cricket Club, he was our first overseas um, when we came into, the, into uh, English cricket. And a lot of it was down to players who were finished, has-beens. You know, lads who had had their careers, basically, and come for one final period. Uh, the likes of, you know, Serene Botham, Wayne Larkins, David Graveney, uh, Paul Parker. All these players to came to get Durham set off. And Dean Jones came over and it was... He, he, he did a great podcast with one of the lads uh, for Durham the other week and he talked about how he, he nearly went to Yorkshire but he wanted to come to Durham and he was loved by everybody at Durham uh, he got 2,000 runs in the uh, in all formats for us and spent a few times with him on a, on a, on a sort of night out uh, in his company and like Goffey said he's, he, loves the, he loved the game of cricket his commentary was fantastic um, and uh, along with the likes of Tom Moody I think he was heavily involved in setting 2020 up around the world I think in India in uh, the, the, the C, CPL um, and out in, in Pakistan as well so uh, he will be sadly missed um, but I think there's, there's a lot to be thankful for for Dean Jones in my neck of the woods because he was our first overseas star at Durham County Cricket Club The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism and this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you're keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.